Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Um, for those of you in the interwebs, in an internet land, in the, um, we welcome you. Is that how you say interwebs? Is that, does anyone know how to post pictures on Facebook? Okay. Um, thank you for being with us. Uh, my assignment this morning afternoon is to finish um, my part of the Finish Strong series. Has anyone had any opportunities to not finish strong over the past few weeks? So I'm going to be wrapping this up with my portion of it. And we started in uh, Genesis, the 40th. We're going to go to the Genesis, the 46th chapter. And we're going to finish strong. And I'm excited to deliver the word and to be here with you, my family. Um, Give a quick uh, applause of admiration and appreciation for the praise and worship team. Thank you guys for leading us into battle. Um. I'm going to pray right now, and then you guys can be seated. Or if you're already seated, stay seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're speaking the word to us and through us. And we thank you that it's settled. And now we just need to line up with what you're saying. And we are going to be very careful to line up with what you're telling us. We're going to be bold and brave to engage the challenge that you're setting before us in this new season. We will finish strong because it's already been settled. You already know when we're crossing the finish line, you know the challenges, you know how the fatigue, you know the times that we wish as we were running the race that we, you know what, I should have grabbed that cup of water on my way. I'm really thirsty now, but I just have to run until the next one and, and my hamstring's getting a little tight and I'm starting to feel some, a Charlie horse in my left calf, but, but we're going to finish strong anyway. And we're going to pick some people up along the way. And my brain just says, stop. And my heart just wants to just lie here on the side of the road. But it's settled. And I know that I can do what you say I can do. I can do the impossible. I can do what I could not have imagined. In fact, you didn't want to confuse me. So that's why the Bible says, no eye has seen, no hearing it hurts. Because if you would have showed me what wonderful plans you had for me. I would have messed it up. I would have tried to figure it out. I would have tried to plan it. I would have tried to coordinate it. I would have been messing up my blessing. But it's settled. I'm going to finish 2019 the right way. With arms wide open. Ready to receive what you have for me in 2020. And we're not going to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough to worry about in itself. We're going to be settled today knowing that we are on our way. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Go ahead and shake somebody's hand. Pat someone on the back as you take a seat. Hallelujah. That is a good sound of the family greeting one another. My wife sends you her greetings from home she is with our babies 
Uh, our youngest just turned six months. Uh, thank you. Our, uh, I guess no one really cares. I'm just kind of doing some filler words while everyone's saying hi. My middle one just got a haircut. She looks beautiful. Um, and my oldest has a futsal championship game later on. So keep him in prayers for favor and blessing. Um, what are you guys doing later on? Don't be rude. Okay. All right, let's get into the word. We're going to finish strong. If you were with us the past two weeks, I want to give you a quick summary. Week one, we talked about that God isn't intimidated to put you in the midst of trouble. Remember, Joseph was in a tough spot with his family. He ended up getting sold into slavery. He got thrown down a ditch or a well, depending on how you read it. He got locked up. We talked about how they took off his coat. In other words, the enemy wants to attack the very thing that distinguishes you from someone else. The first attack is if I can just get them to take that coat off, they'll forget who they are. They'll forget whose they are. And we were reminded that we are not what we can do. We are not who we came from. We're begotten of our heavenly father. And that defines us. Not what we can do. Not what even what we look like. What defines us is the love of our Father. Last week, we talked about not getting faked out by setbacks. Joseph was doing everything the right way and, and ended up getting the wrong results. But we also understand that Jesus said, uh, those who are part of me and bear fruit, I prune them. So sometimes there's a setback so we can have more fruit. So every time there's a setback, it doesn't mean that we're not in the vine. It means that we're getting ready to bear more fruit. And lastly, we talked about that even though you're going through whatever season, somebody still favors you because God does. So we know Joseph found some favor at some point, even though he was locked up. He was away from his family. His dad didn't even know he was alive. And yet somehow somebody still favored him. God will still send someone your way to favor you because he still favors you. Let's jump in and get caught up. On Genesis, the 42nd chapter, the first through second verse. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place. Everyone say, Go down to that place. And buy for us there that we may live and not die. See, we're two years into the famine now. Joseph has been a governor for over two years. And the blessing is in Egypt. And it's not found anywhere else. So if we're going to finish strong in 2019, I just want to challenge you with a couple of thoughts. The first thought being this, be sure to react God's way in the midst of God blessing others. I said, be sure to act God's way in the midst of God blessing others. You see, the brothers were sitting around there looking at each other like the the blessing isn't here. 
the blessing will show up at some point if we just stay here because this is the way God has always done it and the blessing has always been. And does, does, does the world not know that we are also, we are the sons of Abraham. But God was doing something different. And what we need to understand is sometimes God will bless someone right next to you just as that final test, just to see if you freak out. Just to see if you remember that you're still part of the body. See, sometimes you got to do something. Sometimes you got to take action. How did they know that there was a blessing there? How did they know? Well, they heard. But how did they know that it was in Egypt? So someone must have gone over and said, where are you getting this food from? And they said, well, it's down in Egypt. And I could just see some of the brothers just being indignant, being like, in Egypt? That's the Egypt? We don't want to go to Egypt. Hey, wait, by the way, isn't Egypt where, isn't that where we sold, didn't we sell, didn't we sell our younger brother Joseph in Egypt? We don't want to go to Egypt. Egypt, that's the world, that's the Pharaoh, that's ungodliness over there. We, we don't want to have anything to do with Egypt. But sometimes God will bless your neighbor just to see if you're humble enough. To ask, because God is no respecter of persons. But the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. God just sometimes wants to show somebody off, and you have no idea what they've been going through. You just see the outward sign. You just see them put together. You don't see the tears. You don't see the journey. You don't see the path. You don't see the struggle. You didn't see everything, but you just see the outside, and oh, God's just blessing them because they're not really close with him, and, and, and Satan must have gave that to them, and that must not be of God. And so we are so quick to dismiss what God might not be doing when God is maybe just bump someone who doesn't have your personality, who doesn't look like you, who isn't even in the same denomination that you're in, and doesn't even have the same skin color or background or story. And God will just put them right next to you just to see if you will humble yourself. Where did you get this seed from? I got it from Egypt. Duh. Are we humble enough to ask? Hey, listen, I see that your marriage is put together. How did, you, how did you do that? I see that your kids don't drink all their soda before the food comes. How did you do that? I see that your career is taken off like a skyrocket. How did you do that? Hey, I see that you really excelled in college, and I'm not, I'm not getting that good. How did you do that? Is there anyone in here who doesn't know it all? Is there anyone in here humble enough to realize that we are the body, and when the arm gets blessed, the other arms are blessed too? And when the head is blessed, and when the legs are blessed, so I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to get jealous. I'm going to go over there and give you an opportunity to test testify and I will receive that as my blessing and I'm going to be encouraged with that because if God's no respecter of person and if I humble myself to ask how did you do that God will show up God will show off God will speak to through them because I'm operating in humility because I'm making myself lower and giving him the opportunity to push me up but sometimes we act like we know it all like our relationships has always been put together like we've known the answer at every crisis. If we're going to finish strong in 2019, we need to dissipate this notion that I can't go up to you and be like, how did God do that for you? 
and give you the opportunity to say something that you didn't even know you were going to say because the blessing didn't come from you. It came from him. Are we a family or not? So I don't need to be challenged or intimidated by your gifting or by your calling. And you don't need to be intimidated by mine. There's seed down in Egypt. And if we don't talk about it, we'll miss out on our collective blessing. Something else I want to share with you. Point number two. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. Say, go down to that place. Say, go down to that place. See, it was very evident to to Jacob. He was like, what are you guys looking at each other for? Get your butts, get all your stuff down there, and go down to Egypt. And they were just looking at each other. Do not be intimidated to go to... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Um, When I was a kid, I would repeat something to myself. Um, And then later on in life, I'd like hiking and and doing that stuff. And sometimes I would do that at night. I don't want to get into that. But I would do that at night. And if you've ever been hiking through um, woods at night... By the way, disclaimer, don't do that. Okay. Now Now that I said that... Um, I would always tell myself something because, and the only reason I did it is I was trying to kind of build myself up because I hated the, the feeling of being afraid. Can anyone relate to that? I would just push myself and test myself um, because, you know, being afraid in my house with the lights off didn't freak me out anymore. But then maybe walking around to throw the garbage at night when the raccoons are in the back, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, but I would push myself to go do that because I don't like being afraid of stuff. Um, and I think there's some truth to that. But again, I don't want to get on a tangent. But So I'd be walking at night and you hear different sounds. And I would constantly tell myself, not in an egotistical way, but because I knew that God was with me. I would say, don't be afraid. You're the most dangerous thing out here. So I knew that there was potentially coyotes and other things on here. And, you know, I had my, my, little, uh, my little folding knife. But I'd constantly repeat to myself, I was like, don't be afraid. You're the most dangerous thing out here. And the reason why I bring that up is sometimes our perception is off. Sometimes we allow places we go to. Or the enemy tries to sow a seed of fear. And you will forget how dangerous you are. Let me tell you how bad you are. God took some dirt. He got down. He took some dirt. And he propped it up. And then he breathed into that dirt. Because the thought process was, I'm going to be in heaven. But I'm assigning my son to be here on earth. And I'm giving them dominion. I am breathing my spirit inside of them. So what is in heaven is inside of them. 
but I am reminding them of the dominion they have here on the earth because they are from here. They are made from the same materials that this planet was made from. Fast forward, that is you, child of God. You're made from the earth, but you're also alive because of the spirit. You are the most dangerous being on this planet because you have the spirit of God inside of you from heaven and you have dominion and earth because you were made from the same materials. You own this place. God owns the earth, but then delegated it to Adam and Eve. You are discounting yourself when you say, maybe I shouldn't go to that party. Maybe I shouldn't hang out with those people. Maybe I shouldn't go to wherever it is. Maybe I shouldn't go to this country. God might be calling you somewhere. And say, I don't want to go to there. Uh, something that came to mind. God may be calling you to Las Vegas. And you might say, well, that's Sin City. Don't be intimidated. If that's where God wants you, that's where God will command the blessing. Maybe God is ordaining you to start something in the schools. Maybe he's ordaining you to get involved with politics. Well, all those politicians are liars. We know that's why God's sending you. Do not be intimidated to go down to Egypt. Let me share another thought with you. See, the brothers thought the blessing had stopped. And the blessing hadn't stopped. It just shifted places. And God may not do the thing the way you thought he should do it. Because the blessing of the Lord doesn't stop. It might not just happen the way it happened before. It just might not come to the same places. It always cracks me up when someone says, well, I'm just not getting fed anymore on Sunday morning. Without realizing that there is now a shift. When you started coming at first, you'd leave out of here fired up and ready to go. Because your appetite was about this big. But now you didn't even realize you started growing. And so what happens on Sunday morning doesn't fill you up anymore. That's because you're supposed to have your own Bible study on Tuesday. And get together with your family on Thursday. And maybe go evangelize somewhere on Saturday. You see, when my baby was born, he couldn't handle but one more, one or two ounces. But now he's grown up. He can almost stand on his legs. He's starting to crawl. So I can't give him the same amount that I used to give him before. Two ounces don't cover him anymore. Now he's starting to actually grow some teeth. Now I got to ground, ground some, some fruits and some vegetables. Now he can take down seven ounces. What filled him up before isn't the same. How insane would it be for me to stand over my baby, give him two ounces, witness him cry, and say something is wrong with my child. Child of God, you need to understand that God has made you uh, God has stretched you. God has grown you. So yeah, what doesn't, what used to fill you doesn't fill you no more. And as, as some of the things that used to work may not work before. It doesn't mean the blessing has stopped. It means that the blessing may have shifted. It might be somewhere else. You might need to pick up the Bible yourself. You may not start need to preaching yourself. You may need to start listening to others preach yourself. The blessing hasn't changed. It's just not in the same spot that it was before. 
Be faithful to what God asks you to do because it might not be in favor now, but God is preparing to make it fashionable in the middle of a famine. I said, be faithful to what God asks you to do because it might not be in favor now. You might not have an audience now. You might not have the financial backing now, but God is preparing to make it fashionable in the middle of a famine. See, Joseph was saying, I'm down in Egypt. There's no Hebrews down in Egypt. I'm over here in the middle of a, and and the brothers were over down in the land of Canaan. And to be in Egypt was out of fashion and out of style and out of heathen. Let me have news for you. (laughs) For those of you in school, you might not be cool now, but wait just a couple of years when God raises you up and, and you're making more money than those who are making fun of you. And you have more influence to those who thought you were weird. And you're actually preaching through whatever God has you to do. You may not be in favor now. But God is preparing to set you up to be the fashion leader in the middle of the next famine. So stay true to what God's telling you. Just because nobody's following doesn't mean he's not talking to you. He is, can't nobody even see what God is doing in your life. You don't even understand how much the world needs what you're going to do. So just go ahead and, and, and just keep on doing what it is that God's called you to do. Because in the right season, the world will be flocking to hear what it is that you got to say. So don't ever be afraid to be out of fashion now. I would rather have God's favor for a lifetime than be fashionable to the world for a season. Should I say it again? You encourage me to say it again. I would rather have God's favor for a lifetime than be fashionable to the world for a season. Genesis 42 These are the last few points that I want to make. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them. And he said to them, hey, brothers. Is that what he said? He said to them, see what God has done. No, he said, you're spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. What is he talking about? Two schools of thought. Either he was being very clever and he was going to craft something around. That's a possibility. I don't know. Or he just lost his mind for a second. Now, based on my history, if this was Luis Chavez's story, it'd probably be the latter. Don't you say some dumb stuff sometimes in the middle of like kind of an awkward situation? Thank you. Because I know I have. I can look back. Um, man, I don't even know if I want to share this. I'm going to share it. Please forgive me in advance. I'm not even going to fully tell it because there's children in the room. You can ask your parents later. I was calling... Um, for my profession, sometimes I call on clients to come in and see me. And I was making about 40 calls. 
and I said, hi, this is Lou. I'm calling uh, for your annual review. Well, on the last one, instead of saying annual, I said a body part. They didn't call me back. (laughs) You see how you can say dumb stuff when you're kind of tired and stressed out? What's your point, Lou? I guess I just wanted to confess my sins. I guess that's, that's my point. I finally got that off my chest. I don't have to talk about it ever again. Praise God. I can go forward and conquer. Jesus, help me. So Joseph's just saying goofy stuff. Because here's what happens. He remembers when they put him in that pit and they were eating around the fireplace and he was crying out to them in agony and they didn't do nothing. Envision him dressed in his robes with his jewelry, looking like a handsome Egyptian man. Here's my point. He recognized them immediately. They didn't recognize him. How is it that we can recognize things in others and sometimes fail to see the qualities God has placed in ourselves? Man, that person's dressed sharp. They must have it together. Man, that, that couple, they're holding hands. I, I wish we held hands. Man, that family, the, the, their kids just seem like they, they honor their parents. How quickly do we recognize and promote and edify the giftings and talents in other people, and we'll discount the fact that we're dressed in robes and we have jewelry on, not literally, but if you look back in the lineage of your life, if you just take a moment to remember everything God has done for you, every word he's given you, every time he edified and encouraged you, every time you were almost going to quit and God came through for you, if you would just see the things that God has put on you and taken off in you, that to him you're dressed in robes, to him he's got his jewelry on you. He's got his anointing on you. He's got his love inside of you. We're so quick to say, they got it. I wish I had it. And here's why. Because you remember the pit. Because you remember what it felt like to be embarrassed. Because you remember what it felt like to fail. And you don't even realize you're in a whole new season. And God has promoted you. But then there's this little part of you that is still trying to go backwards to where God brought you from. And is still trying to confine you to the pit you used to live in. And God was trying to push you to the front and try to get you to see how blessed you are. How anointed you are. How special you are. How chosen you are. And we're trying to hide over in the pit. And you remember when they were making fun of you and they were laughing at you and you were just begging them to help you get out. But you're doing it now. And you're already the governor for two years and you're still remembering the pit. So we need to ask ourselves a question. 
Are you going to be a prince or a prisoner? Because you can't command what God has called you to command from here. You can't call shots from the pit. You can't help finance nothing from the pit. You can't get good ideas when you're in the pit. You can't help anybody with their depression when you're in the pit. You can't help the world and be what God's called you to be when you're in the pit. If we're going to finish strong, you must determine which one are you. Are you in the pit? Are you a prince, a princess? Or are you a prisoner? Do I have anyone who's choosing to be royalty from now on? I'm not going to let people remind me of my pit. I'm not going to let myself remind myself of my pit. I'm very careful. If you, if you joke around, I was going to say, that's why I don't have a lot of very close friends. Because I'm weird. But someone like might joke around with me. Ha ha ha, Lewis, you're so stupid. And I'll go, actually, I'm not stupid. God has given me wisdom. And if I, les- if I lack wisdom, I ask of God who give it to all men liberally and British not and it shall be given him. And they go, oh, that's nice. And they go, man, I'm really weird. <clears throat> I'm very careful what I let you say about me. And you being my family, I'm going to encourage you to do the same. I don't want anybody talking smack about you. You're my sister. You're my brother. I don't want anybody saying anything about you. I don't want to talk about the pit. I want to talk about you being a prince. I want to talk about you being a princess. You are royalty. And you can't do what God's called you to do. Where God's brought us out of. So don't let anybody take you back there. And you yourself refuse to go back there. Yeah, if you go ahead and play. Don't expect everyone to recognize what God is doing in your life. I say it casually, but I, I'm hoping the words will speak for themselves. Don't expect everyone to recognize what God is doing in your life. It might look like Egypt to them. I said it might look like Egypt to them. You see, if you look... Wow, God is really blessing Egypt. God is doing something great in Egypt. God God is just doing something fantastic in Egypt. And God is doing nothing here in the land of the chosen land. But the reality is, see, Jacob knew something cool was going on. That's why he sent his boys down there. He, He kind of felt some type of connection to this blessing. Here's why. Because it was his blessing. That was his boy that was down there. It was his seed that made its way back to the land of Canaan. It was the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob working in Joseph. Even though he was in Egypt, that blessing found its way back to where it was supposed to be. He's like, that seed... I feel connected to that seed. That's my seed. But if you looked at Joseph, I bet he looked like an Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. All right. He was raised, cultured. But if you lifted his robes, There was the covenant of Abraham on that boy. What you're doing may look like Egypt. But in your heart, God knows what he's put in. 
and on you. And so don't be intimidated. Forgive your neighbors. and may look like Egypt to them. But you need to go forward and do what God's called you to do. And don't expect and anticipate that everyone will recognize it. That everyone will be on board. They'll need it when the famine comes. When there's a famine in the culture, they'll understand. When there's a famine in our politics, they'll understand. When there's an actual famine, they'll understand why God called you to do that business. Because maybe, yeah, 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 maybe you had to miss a Sunday because you were starting that business from the ground. But then that business ended up funding countless of things that wouldn't have got paid for had you not started that business. And you were intimidated to go forth. It may look like Egypt, but God is doing something. In closing, Genesis 45, 28, the shift happened. Instead of calling him Jacob, he went, the Bible says that his spirit was revived. And then it says, then Israel, then Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son is alive. I will go see him before I die. Here's my last point. And feel free to stand to your feet or kneel. Do what you do. Here's the point I want to make. Here's why we need to finish strong. When you finish strong, you help those who are watching you finish strong. Um, did anybody see the following year Boston Marathon. I know Pastor Beto probably did. Let me share something with you about the Boston Marathon. And uh, I cried when I read about it. There was multiple people who came back that night. You, does everybody know what happened? Right? There's a terror situation. Some people didn't even get a chance to finish the race. That following year, countless of them says, you know what? Uh-uh. It's not going down like that. My story is not finishing like that. I'm not going to allow fear to hold me back. And they showed up the next year. In fact, some people showed up the next year, but they're missing limbs. And they're like, I'm going to finish strong. And I won't say the names because I didn't reach out to them to get the permission and I didn't want to go there. But there was more than one runner who was well documented that they were running. And all of a sudden, they're just kind of down because they're off their time. They're like, man, my time sucks. I'm just not hitting my stride. I'm just going to finish. There was a group of these people who said that. And if you know anything about the year after... There was this man who was trying to finish and he literally just, he was like this and he was getting ready to fall. And then one of those people who was having one of the most worst races that, that he had ever had, he now knew 
why he had a bad race. Because he got that guy by the hand and says, we're going to finish strong together. And then he himself said, I don't know if I can finish now because this has drained me. And another runner who was having the same race and said, my race is horrible, now knew why she was there. And she immediately ran to them. And together, they were helping them finish the line. And some of them came out and immediately other people started helping. And they started carrying this guy because they were going to finish together. And so then it didn't didn't matter what the times were. It didn't matter who got there first. It didn't matter who got the recognition. And then when the guy got close to the finish line, he says, let me down. I want to finish on my own. And the guy got off and finished on his own. And don't look at it just from that perspective. Look at it from this one. The people could have been like, well, what do you mean you want to finish on my own? I carried you the whole way and now you want to get, take the credit? What I'm trying to get to you this past three weeks is if we're going to finish strong together, it doesn't matter who takes the credit. It doesn't matter if you had to carry your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your cousin. If you had to carry them and then just go ahead and let them take the credit. Go ahead and let them finish strong. The, the, the story goes on to say that they didn't, after they crossed the line, they didn't even exchange numbers. They didn't know their names. They crossed the line and then they just walked away. But for that moment, they were closer than family. Are we going to finish strong together or not? Are you going to be willing to help your brother and sister out or not? I know you might be strong right now, but there might be someone next to you who's a little wobbly. Pick them up. And you who've been getting carried this whole time, and you've been letting the pastors preach the Bible to you this whole time, it's time for you to cross on your own. It's time to allow yourself to get strong on your own. That doesn't mean stop coming to church. That means start coming to church prepared. Start coming to church with the word. Start coming to church on fire. Start having church throughout the week. And by the time you show up, if the pastor or whoever's up, they could just hand the microphone to you and say, hey, would you go ahead and preach? Because revival's breaking out at this hospital. We got to go, but we need somebody to take the service. We need somebody to send to California. We need somebody to send to Florida. We need someone to send to Africa. We need someone geographically to spread out because we're part of the same body. So if you've been getting carried by the prayers of your parents, the prayers of people who've died, and now they're just in the cloud of witnesses, it's time to cross the line on your own. Is anybody ready to take that challenge? Is anybody ready to step up and finish strong in 2019? Is anybody ready to start preaching however God has you to preach? He may not call you on a microphone. He may call you with a pen. He may have called you with a newspaper. He may have called you with a song. 
He may have called you with a bank account. I don't know how God has called you, but are you ready to finish strong doing what God has asked you to do? I know the year was long. I know there's stuff going on in the media. I know that they're trying to uh, impeach the president. You may be for or against that. I'm not here to talk about that. Are you going to finish strong? Are you going to do your part? Are you going to step and run your race? Um, Here's how we're going to close out. If you want to come down and pray, come down and pray. You want to come down and worship. Um, If you'd like someone to pray with you, I'd be more than happy to pray for you. I'd be more than happy to just sit here with you. If you got to go, you got to go. What I'm saying is be free to do what God tells you to do. If you do need prayer, though, we're here for you. In fact, I never want to close out a service without giving an opportunity. If you would just uh, repeat after me. Uh, And just so you know what we're doing, uh, we're going to pray to accept Jesus. So if that's not the deal you want to sign up for, then don't repeat after us. Um, Heavenly Father, um, say it with a little bit of boldness because you're a warrior now. And, and even if you already received Jesus, there's somebody next to you who might be intimidated to say something. So why don't you be strong and help them finish the line and go ahead and say it like if, like if you're saying it on their behalf or for them. Heavenly Father, In the name of Jesus, I thank you that I'm here today. I thank you that I heard today. I receive today Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for letting me, for helping me cross the finish line. I will do what you have me to do. I will say what you have me to say. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Teach me. Guide me. Correct me. Make me strong. Make me bold. Make me courageous to finish strong. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.